That's what an artist has to do. You Got have it. to have the guts to kill your children. I've killed many with this movie, so yes. Right. <laughs> I didn't know that's where this conversation would go, but that's there you have it. That's the whole reason I'm having you here. <laughs> I want to be kind of a godfather that's to your kids. You were on Politically Incorrect, right? I was. Do you remember that sign behind you? Yes. I mean, it looks very much of the era <laughs> that it was when we filmed it. You mean the font? Is yeah. That, is that a 90s font? Yeah, exactly. It looks, it screams 90s. Y yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure that the kids who are watching are like, you know, yeah, that's a million years ago. <laughs> it's funny because 90s, I was old enough where that was sort of like, you know, 60s is my 90s. Yeah. Like, that's like, oh, I mean, it, real different. It might have been early 2000s, but it was still true. No, no, it was the 90s. I mean, that was... No, but I'm saying, like, I graduated high school in 93. I think I was on with you when I was a grown-up. So maybe it was a yeah. different side. <laughs> this, that was the year the show started. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Well, you were on Blossom. I was on Blossom, yeah. correct. Yeah, till 95 like or so. like to be a child star? <laughs> it's weird. I'll, I'll bet it is. I can't even imagine. I mean, there's different, you know, there's different ways that people are child stars. Some of them start when they're three. That was not my story. So I, I was very startled by it. I started acting when I was 11. Oh, well, yeah. You know, I, was like a, I was like a wise old 11-year-old. Well, I mean, you are wise. <laughs> that's, your, that's your, I mean. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. Well, you, I mean, you're like known as like the, like I always think, when they cover Jeopardy, like they cover it like <laughs> it is the summit between Hirohito and yeah. Napoleon. People are like, do you know all that stuff? I'm like, no, that's well, actually not like, my job. I have to pronounce it. Like, <laughs> but there is a there is an interest in it that goes so far beyond obviously the people who watch it. Yeah, because the only people who watch it are people who know things, which is like a category of knowledge, yeah. knowing it's things. It's very, very special knowledge. That is shrinking. It didn't <laughs> used to be. No, really. I, I, I feel like when I was a kid, there was something called common knowledge. Yeah. Which extended not just to, you know, don't let roaches breed in the, <laughs> in the paper bags, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, basically how many people were on earth, right. you know, the, the seven continents, <laughs> how a bill becomes a law, right. knowing things, which I feel like is so out of style now. It's, it's very just... out of style. But, you know, also, you know, I've been surprised. But by not the... on your show. No, but I've been surprised at the, the, the number and the type of people that do seem to enjoy Jeopardy. I get a lot of, I watch it with my grandmother. Sure, of course. And my grandparents wouldn't have watched Jeopardy. That wasn't their jam, you know. I love when people tell me that they watch it with a family member. <laughs> No, really, my show. It's a, I feel like, wow. Not that I'm, you know, solving world problems, but the idea of people having a communal show. Like yeah. when I was a kid, we all did. I mean, we sure. all had to because there was not that many channels. That's There's also not much to do in the world. No, there was only... Like at night, you would watch TV. Well, of course, there was no internet. That's what I mean. certainly didn't want to talk to your fans. No, so you would watch a show and everybody would go to but, bed. But honestly, I also feel like there was great um, love and communion that happened within the family because you were communally enjoying something. Yes. You just feel it. You don't have to say it. Yeah. You're watching Ed Sullivan. Alan King right. comes on. right. The parents like him, and right. me as a young kid looking to be a comedian, we're like, okay, he's a little corny, <laughs> you know. Um, but he, but no, Alan yeah. King was hip, you know. Yeah, he he kind of, you know, he had the old Borscht Belt way, but he yeah. was a hip guy. My grandparents watched uh, Lawrence Welk. Yeah, of course. Which they pronounced Velk. <laughs> right, Lawrence Welk. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but um, I feel like when somebody says to me. You know, I like you said, I watch it with my mother or, you know, it's my father's favorite show or whatever. <laughs> my kid, sometimes I get, you know, my my son is, you know, 16 and he loves you. I'm like, oh, okay, so he's not a typical 16, <laughs> right? You know, just like your show. It's like, oh, this dwind dwindling <laughs> set of people in the country who know things. Right. Like there is still stuff for them. Correct. 
Jeopardy is for people who still want to know things. That should right. be their new ad campaign. Right. Even if you don't know the answers, of course you don't know all the answers. Well, I guess you do. No, well, you I, got... don't, I just have them in front of me. Right, but you but you would do well or did No. You? No? So this is no? I think, no. Come no. on. First of all, answering things like that under pressure and with a timer, it's not going to happen for me. I was on Celebrity Jeopardy. It's hard. I remember it. Now, this is, oh, my God. I'm thinking back to, like, I should have been more mature. But, I don't know, I, I was, like, 40. And I remember I just wore a shirt that the network didn't like. What was it? Like, it was like I probably came right from the club. It was, it was like a club shirt. What, what's a Bill Maher club shirt like? I, I, 1997. Okay, I can imagine. Oh, God. You, don't ask. I mean, I think... Did they I, make I, you, like, put a blazer no, over No, but I just remember... It's funny the things that stick <laughs> yes. in your mind, right? Like, I remember very little about the show, except that I remember thinking, what? I'm doing it, and I know the answer, and I can't win. <laughs> that's... Because okay, so I'm that's, not... Uh, yeah. And also, I have... What is that? Well, I just... What do you mean? There's, like, a, there's a rhythm, you know, that, that winners you know, get into. And there's a huge psychological component of being psyched out. And if you get something wrong, it's can feel really debilitating. I would cry, I think. But my, you know, the knowledge that I have is, um, it's not necessarily Jeopardy knowledge. There are categories, like, obviously, I'm trained in science. Like, I'm, you know, I, I can feel pretty confident about the science categories. Um, I am a crossword puzzle person. So Me sometimes too. there's crossword categories. Love, love crossword. I, I have a minor in Hebrew and Jewish studies. So like anything in that realm. Right. But it, it's a different kind of knowledge. Like 18th century British poets. Like, yeah. I don't know. There were definitely... <laughs> ah, I could do a little bit of... I remember a little bit of a... My, I, I mean, I was an English major. Okay, so um, maybe you would do well with those. Yeah, I mean... Could you confuse me if it was Shelley or Byron? Well, that's exactly the point. You're going to get confused right. on Jeopardy by things like that. Like, who? <laughs> oh, no, that's... that's not. not a, you're already... <laughs> see, that's already a problem. <laughs> you will not be writing the questions. <laughs> uh, the phrase, the desire of the moth for the star, <laughs> was written by... All right, show off. Okay. Was written by this... <laughs> Romantic, 18th, 19th century. <laughs> too many British words. Poet. Doesn't fit on the screen. <laughs> Who is it? Who is Shelley? There Percy you go. Bysshe Shelley. Who is Shelley? But see, what I've known in my years is that uh, your mind, when you're sleeping or something, it moves the furniture, <laughs> and so you can be so sure that yep. you remember something accurately, sure. and then it's like, no, it's Byron. <laughs> I, I would have bet the house it was Shelley, but it's Byron. Yeah, so that's, yeah. Um, and, again, the the vast majority of people out there are like, who are these two fucking assholes you're talking about? <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying. The people who know things. That's right. Uh, well, and care we, to still we, share them. We send them a, a shout-out of love to them because, <laughs> first right. of all, I feel maybe this is just instinct, but, like, to keep the world running and not, you know, dying, I feel like this sect of people who know things, uh, not just technically, but like wisdom-wise, is going to be helpful. I get, I, I try to avoid the news for the most part because I, I'm not a fan of how it comes at me and often what happens when I read it. But right. I do have, you know, a, a, a team of people in my life and we... A team. We have a news updates channel on our messaging and so... You know, I hate to say it, but a lot of times they'll say, like, oh, there was a shooting or, like, God forbid, you know, right. because then I yeah, know sure. don't post something dumb. Right. Like, don't be like, hey, here's me Very with wise. my, you know, cat. Right. <laughs> so the other day, two pieces of news right. came at me in one message. <laughs> Biden is running again and Harry Belafonte died. Yes. And at first I was like, Same. are these two things related? Um, the answer is no. No. Well, first of all, here's, here's a really interesting stat. If... Yes, the average age now, I like the media, uh, the whatever that they call that, where women are usually a little, little, little longer than men. Yes. Right. So the average age for a woman is like 79 or something, uh -huh. and a man is 76 or something. Right. But here's the key one. If you make it past 40, yes. the average age to you live to is 86. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Because what they're factoring in is Got people it. who die in childbirth. Got it. Um, you know, you get kicked by a horse when yeah, you're six. It you happens. Know, yeah, that, yeah. It happens. Got it, it used to happen a lot. 
Okay, so say that again. If you live to past four, if you get to forty, got it. Then your average age to die at is eighty-six. Isn't that a big difference? Doesn't yes, that change your view of sure. life? Aren't well, you glad is, you came here I'm to Club very Random? Glad I came. It's indeed random, but you know statistics are important, and the way they're presented tells well, a very different story. It just makes you think. I mean. I don't know. I, Makes I, me think Biden's just going to be average at the end of his next term. I wasn't even thinking about Biden. I was thinking about me. Okay. Because <laughs> we made it past 40, well, both of us. Well, fuck Biden, right. No, this is, this is what I was, when he was first elected, people, I had a couple people that I knew said, I've got the inside tip. She's going to take over in a month. Come. Yeah, right. And I was like, oh, maybe that'll happen. It didn't happen. And no. he's running again. Not only did it happen, Glad but I didn't listen to those he doesn't sniff ladies' hair anymore. He doesn't molest small children. Stop. Uh, he doesn't do that head bump thing, that weird <laughs> fucking cone head thing where I don't know what he was doing. But he oh used to like be a very touchy-feely. I'm quite convinced there was nothing nefarious in it. He's just that guy. You know, I'm a, everybody should take a tip from, you've seen the Keanu Reeves pictures? No. He he won't touch a woman in a picture. Who? Keanu Reeves. He hover. His arm is always hovering. You haven't seen this. I don't blame him. This is a this is in a thing you have to era, look up. I, you know, I he, every I go, picture of him, he's hovering. You know where my hands are? I oh take pictures God. like this. Mine are above, so you can see my hands. Forget hovering. This is a thing, and and someone, you know, whatever you see the right. things that people post. It's a thing, and there was a collection of photos where you could see that his hand, you know. From the front, it would look like a lovely picture with you and Keanu Reeves. You know, he's posing with this one, he's posing with that one. And the hand is a safe distance away. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes people do that for their the relationship in their life. Like, I think Tom huh. Hanks never... Oh. You never see him sucking face, <laughs> right? No matter... Think of every role he's done. That's never, really interesting. Um, some girl... Like cupping his balls in a nope. seat. No, <laughs> I mean I, I rewatched Splash recently. I think there's some kissing well, in that. That may be before he was married. Oh, that was a long time ago. You're right. I'm, I'm dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, how oh, I I remember the movie quite well. Yes, but um, you must have been a kid. You must. I have saw been. that movie so many times. I love that Splash, movie. Splash, but it was Loved not it. when it was out in the theater. I saw it in the theater. I mean, I was born in 75. I don't remember what year Splash came out. I, but I believe, I'm going to uh, say 82 or 4. Yeah, I probably saw it in the theater. Yeah, I guess you could. I'm yeah, sure. and then it was like one that we would rent, and yeah. then I showed it to my kids recently, and I thought, boy, that doesn't really hold up in this climate, does it? What do your kids think of a movie like that? Um, or, or Tom Hanks never cussing you on camera because he's so pussy with. No, what was funny about, <laughs> I don't know, well, you know. No, it's I, sweet. Um, I think, you know, it was funny because it's kind of like when when I first saw The Little Mermaid. I didn't see The Little Mermaid when it first came out. I've never seen it. Right. So I finally watched it as a grown-up, and I, was, and I thought to myself, well, that's interesting. What? She gives up. Her life for a dude that she doesn't even know. The mermaid does? Yeah, and then she can't even walk when she gets on land. What's the plot? It's devastating. What's the plot? She's got this beautiful voice. And Wait. She meets this guy. Wait, she's a mermaid. She's a mermaid. So Sorry. how does she meet the guy? She, he's on a boat. I don't know. I don't remember. Really? So she has this unbelievable well, it doesn't voice. doesn't have to get in the water? And she can't get out of the water, she look, right? She's peeking. I don't, Wait, this, this is, is really not the important part. No, it story. is. Because, I because this, I, it has to be the important part because my guess <laughs> is that every romantic story needs an obstacle. Uh -huh. I, I'm guessing okay, wait. the obstacle is she <laughs> needs to live underwater and he can't live underwater. Am Indeed, I wrong? You're 100% okay. right. But the solution is if she gives up her voice, feminists her voice. take note, she has, this, she has this beautiful singing voice. Oh. If she gives up her voice, she can live on the land with him. But P.S., Hans Christian Andersen, she can't walk. So she's crippled, mute, and they fall in love. She does it? She goes, she can't speak, and Wait, they fall so in love. So at the end, she's living on land? Right. So if you look at Splash, you realize... Oh, she can't speak. So wait, she's this mermaid who comes to life. Okay, I'm interested in the end of this movie. Like, is it is it 
Do we see her on land living the, I the life? I think so. I don't remember very well, but yeah. Like they're in a two bedroom. But in the original in- story, she like her. It 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 is like walking on glass. So they're looking like for a building with with good ramps <laughs> and like very. You know, no, in the animated it's version, really up to code no, on disabled. In the, because- in, no, in the animated version, like I think everything's great and they live happily ever after because that's what we want. But in the original story, she gives up her voice. She lives on the land and like, look, I can love him, but also it feels like glass when you they, walk. But if they remade it, it would be, uh, if they sold it the way we sell movies now, <laughs> I think it could do very well because she's a person with a disability. She's and a person you, with a disability. She's a woman with no voice. We got a lot of, a lot of groups might like this, uh, the narrative I'm of like, telling how you, do we empower her? We're checking a lot of boxes here. Let's do that. You and me it, are redoing The Little Mermaid. Here's how Hollywood works. Let's check the boxes first. <laughs> That's right. Then we'll do a script. Oh. But the boxes first. Poor okay. Little Mermaid. So The anyway. Little Mermaid. So she's, okay, living in this two-bedroom in Van Nuys. <laughs> it's a building with lots of... Lots of ramps. <laughs> it's very up to code on all the... the well, 1990 Disability Act, right. And then she works where? Because I want to do a sequel. Now that she's on land. I think she's still mute. That's the movie. She's mute. Okay, so what? (laughs) Even better. Because, again, disability. Uh, So she's mute and she's, uh, they've got a thing for her, right? She's got a wheelchair, but it's a little like a shopping cart to keep the fin. (laughs) I don't know. Right, because you you got the fin up there. Poor little mermaid. So she's in the shopping cart wheelchair. Um, and she can't talk, so she needs something. Uh, she needs a uh, purpose. You know, she's got to like go to work every day. They're she... they're on land. It's got to... what? I don't know. I don't know. And then I'd a complication, a romantic complication. It's I not complicated it. enough. She meets the guy from Shape of Water because he's a fish. <laughs> <laughs> talk about full circle. And they run away. I like that. Now it's kind of sweet. I'm telling you. I straighten out everyone's uh, everyone's career. <laughs> you here. fixed it all. I'm telling you, you could do this. <laughs> so, so your kids love this movie. Um, no, I mean when we watched Splash, they were a little bit um, surprised because it, yeah, for today's sensibility, you know, a, a mute woman. <laughs> I, feel, I very often have compared myself to the mermaid in Splash <laughs> because, like, I'm not good at um, doing like everyday things. So, uh, oh, okay. You know, like, um, and I, uh, you know, I don't understand whenever I see in the tabloids like these big celebrities coming out of Target or Ralph's <laughs> or something, and I'm like, don't you people have an assistant? <laughs> I do. I, the last place I ever want to be is at a fucking store. <laughs> and so I'm not. So, like, sometimes I'm in a store or something, and then they're like, there's some new way to pay or something, That's and I right. feel like the mermaid in Splash. Yeah, I want I, to go, meh, meh. <laughs> <laughs> Show me, I don't get it. Um, That's me, basically every time I do try and go out into the world. So what other uh, movies do you show your kids? Like, what are, the, what are the, for the, cl- what are, I'm very curious, how old are the kids? 14 and 17. Oh, wow, so they're yeah, older. Yeah, um, they're older. I mean, we did, you know, we did the Star Wars experience. That but like, what important. from our era would they find still cool? <clears throat> not guess, much. I'm guessing not in terms not, of endearment. No, no, haven't done that yet. <laughs> what um, about Footloose? Are no, they, you know what? They, I showed Mom, them. I no, you know what? I showed them. Here's a strange. Rain you don't man. want to talk about this. Rain no, man, Mom. I showed them Life is Beautiful, Roberto ah, Benigni. Yeah. And um, yeah, I showed them. I showed them that, and uh, they actually they. I mean, it's hard to say like they, they they liked it, but also it you know it led to a lot of interesting conversations about what can you joke about, what can you not yep. joke about. Right. You know, was he right to pretend that the Holocaust was uh, a, a game for his child? Like these were interesting questions. Right. Uh, we also we just watched Kunk on Earth, which they love. They have a very specific sense of humor. My kids and she's they like they like satire. We like a lot of stand up. Is what we usually watch. The three of us. What about a Holocaust? Um, <laughs> film festival like where you could show that and schindler's what we haven't seen schindler's list yet not and what about no. the piano have, i was gonna say next is the piano you haven't seen that i've seen it they have they haven't seen it yet i think they're ready you and, know, who, and who would I know think, better I, a total stranger with no you. kids no, who I just think, found out you have no i think i think i think they are ready uh, look, you know, I, I grew up, my grandparents are immigrants from Eastern Europe, so like, you know, it's yeah. like, so the, I've seen a lot of Holocaust movies, not going to lie. Right. Um, and yeah, I think they might be ready for the piano. I mean, that's it's a great movie. It's Adrian Brody. He's the, fantastic. The, not the piano. What? The pianist. 
Oh, the piano. What did I say? Isn't it the piano? <laughs> Which Isn't is it? The, it? The, it's the pianist. <laughs> is it the pianist? The piano is the other one. There is one, the piano. That's. I feel like we should both know because it's, it was um, Anna. Uh, what is? I'm um, going to stop guessing. Who is? It was a who, woman. Who is? Who is the? Am I right? Was Anna Paquin in it? Anna the, okay. I did oh it. no, no. Yes. I yes. Think it is. <laughs> Good, because I was thinking of something else. The pianist. I think. I don't know. Okay. The pianist is a great movie. That that's uh um you know Adrian Brody. No, but the director is. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember this motherfucker's name. <laughs> I know. Roman Polanski. Who is, is Roman Polan Polanski? Oh, dear. You didn't know that? <laughs> I, did, I did at one point. Now and, I and, did and again. He is, a, he is himself a Holocaust survivor. <laughs> that is true. That is true. There's a lot of other things about Roman Polanski that we probably yes, don't need no, to talk absolutely. about. I've often used... That's a polarizing figure. Hey, Club Random fans, people in the comments have been asking why we don't have merch. Yes, we read them. I don't, but we have a guy for that. But bottom line, we have merch now. Last week, I begged Joe Biden not to be Ruth Bader Biden, and so we are kicking off with a Don't Be Ruth Bader Biden t-shirt. And there's cool new Club Random merch on there, too. T-shirts and hoodies and barware. There's even a Club Random herb grinder and rolling papers. Check it all out at clubrandom.com. Club Random is brought to you by the audio marketing gurus at Radioactive Media. The vacations are over, and now it's time to get back to work. Let me ask you, what are you doing to grow your business? Don't just use Google and social media when you can acquire new customers by partnering with shows like mine, elevating your brand. Wouldn't you like to generate up to nine times more leads? You can when you combine the power of audio and video with text messaging. Club Random has been partnering with Radioactive Media with clients such as Signal Wire, Heat Holders, Wine Enthusiast, Lumi Micro Dosed Gummies, and they can customize a campaign for you. For a limited time, receive $1,000 toward your first campaign, plus free text messaging by going to radioactivemedia.com or text the word RANDOM to 511511. Discover how audio marketing can surpass your current strategies. Just go to radioactivemedia.com or text RANDOM to 511-511. Text RANDOM to 511-511 today. Terms, conditions, message, and data rates may apply. Have you heard of microdosing? It's getting recognized more by people looking to improve their health and performance. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Whether you're seeking relief from pain, anxiety, better sleep, a creative boost, or just to relax at the end of the day and calm down that hamster wheel spinning in your head, microdose gummies are the perfect solution. And if you want more than a microdose of THC, they also make higher dose gummies that are available in six strains, including Granddaddy Sour OG and Watermelon Sorbet. Microdose gummies are available nationwide. Here's an exclusive offer for my listeners. Simply go to microdose.com and use the code RANDOM and save 30% off your first order plus free shipping. Go to microdose.com and use code RANDOM to save 30% and receive free shipping. Microdose gummies, because being healthy doesn't have to be boring. Go to microdose.com today. I'm heading back to Vegas to do stand-up for my last live dates of the year. I'll be there Friday, November 3rd, and Saturday, November 4th. I will be at the David Copperfield Theater at the MGM Grand in Vegas, my new home. I mean, are you a tough parent? Are you a, a um, lax parent? Are you? No, a I'm pretty... I, I think most people would consider me strict. I mean, good. like a, an appropriate amount of boundary. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm oh, pretty old-fashioned with that. Um, kids are fucking out of ki control. Kids are a little bit They're out of control. Just feral. But I think um, uh, entitled. Yeah. Just, it's, well, look. I mean, I, I um, monsters. This is why it's, people are upset about the abortion ruling because <laughs> no one wants to have a, a kid. They're, no, really. Uh, I truly believe that. Um, um, it's sorry. Al it's also why You're anal, very funny. It's also why anal is popular. I <laughs> truly believe that. Um, but. Um, to, to answer your point, what I think is important and the reason that I was happy to come and talk to you, you know, um, was that what I'd like to teach my children is they don't have to agree with every single thing that someone says. And that also doesn't mean that that person is bad, wrong, 
should be canceled, should never be spoken about, or two. And preach, sister. It's so it's real, but it's really hard. It's it is really hard. hard. I. It's really hard. I'm tough on parents and kids these days, but I also completely understand how hard it is to be a parent. Mm -hmm. First of all, because you're not doing it in a vacuum. That's the problem. Mm -mm. If you somehow, and especially with the phone, where everything gets into them and then whatever they're socializing in school with yep. other people and what those parents are doing. So you're always fighting all of society. Well, my kids were homeschooled um, up until now. My older one just started going to oh, school. Really? Yeah. And I'm not saying that's why we homeschooled, but um, a lot of people who homeschool, and we're not religious homeschoolers, although those exist, um, part of the reason that at least I felt comfortable in a homeschool environment was I knew a, I, it was small groups typically, and I knew a lot more about the people that my kids were talking to and interacting with than, you know, I, I think a lot, and a lot of people don't care. A lot of people are like, oh, put them with 40 kids and God bless you, that's fine. Right. But for me, you know, I call it like a positive sense of control because you can't control everything. You can't. That they're good. But um, I really, I, I did enjoy knowing what, specifically what they were learning, how it was being taught. And, you know, I, um, I, I think also my kids have lived through a very interesting time where, you know, the, the Trump of it all, and I don't need to talk about Trump specifically, but it did bring up a lot of really important topics that I could talk about with my children in mm. terms of, um, you know, how we, how and when we decide to make judgments about people, how we organize our entire thought systems around what a group of people say, or do you know that that's true? Um, and you know, they also have a sense of, of levity about them because they're, the, this culture is poking fun at everything and everyone. And so they would, you know, there's memes and there's, there's gifts. And but like, anyway. you, you, the thing you said, which I loved, that your little list of things that you were teaching them, mm -hmm. uh, uh, among them in there mm -hmm. was this idea of you could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, everybody who you don't agree with right away isn't necessarily wrong Correct. or bad. Correct. Uh, that kind of stuff, that's what I'm always preaching. Yep. My question is, why is that a heavy lift today with kids? <laughs> why, why do kids come, why, it seems like the, the default setting on them is yeah. judgmental and I know everything. And especially with like generational stuff, like, mm -hmm. oh, you people who think that humans are male and female. <laughs> when, or obviously it's a jump. Well, look, I think the thing that I've noticed, and I, I don't know that there's one answer to that, but, you know, I was raised in a very different time where, you know, I had a lot of ideas that my father in particular, bless his memory, would often shoot down, you know? And he was very smart. Um, he was... Um, he was he was learned. He was he was worldly, and he was pretty old school. You know, he was born during World War II, and he was um, you know he was a an anti-Vietnam activist. And he and my mom marched on Washington. They made anti-war documentaries. You know, mm. they were advocating for a lot of the things that people are still advocating for in terms of our involvement with other countries and the atrocities that that occur in other countries, often due to involvement that we sometimes have. I'm trying to be vague, but. My older son recently said to me, and we were talking about something, he said, well, I don't agree with you, but you seem to like to intellectually humiliate me, so I'm not going to talk about it with you. And I remember being so taken aback. I mean, first of all, I was glad he said it, because I said, okay, now we can talk about this. But I said, um, you know, do you feel that I don't allow you to kind of have, you know, space for your own opinions? And he said, yeah, he said, a lot of times I feel like you have a very specific perspective and you, you know, can pull rank. And you should. Right, exactly. That's the so, point. Like, like right. kids, kids of any age can have an opinion, in my opinion. Right. But they then also need to be told, but your opinion doesn't count <laughs> as much because you don't know as much. Well, and you I couldn't think that's, possibly know right. as much. And there's a reason my opinion counts more. It's not just because I'm right. bigger or because you crawled right. out of my vagina. <laughs> it's because I know things. Right. We're back to knowing well, things. Right. And I think that to, to just speak to your point, um, you know, there is, I, I think 
I don't mean to be that person who's like the internet, but when you when when you have a, a, when you have even adults, I don't even think it's about kids. When you have people, it's true. Who, when you have people who want to believe that what they googled is true, the information is so instantaneous. You don't have to do any research. You don't right. have to think about it. I, I think it does. It comes with a sense of entitlement and and arrogance that I I do I, I find problematic. Um, and you know I see it a lot also. You know as a, as a scientist, the things that people think and believe that they Google about any number of scientific concepts is astounding. You know, it's astounding. Meaning, yeah, on the left I Googled and the right, hundred percent. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, okay. Oh, I don't... I'm yeah, no, I mean, the, the right doesn't really... I mean, they're finally, I think, coming around to, okay, uh, global warming is <laughs> man-made and, you know, and maybe we should do something about it. Right. Um, <clears throat> the left was crazy wrong about a lot of COVID stuff. Yep. And, I mean, not just me, who's been uh-huh. banging the drum, but other people <clears throat> who are more mainstream yep. have said things like... It was just so wrapped up in the yep. identity of being a liberal to be a COVID paranoid. Correct. And, you know, they in the years to come, they're going to have to answer for a lot because think, we're, we're just going to find out. More, yep. We are finding out more and more how fucked up we were. Just the mental part is what we're finding out. 100%. Like the, these shootings that we had, you know, where the, the guy come, goes to somebody's door. Yep. And you know, yep. my ball rolled into your yard, yep. and I shoot you, and you turn around in my driveway. Now it's anecdotal, yep. but I think this. No, we are a gun-laden country, and we're a sure. crazy country. Beloved but guns, it also yeah. has, I think, something to do with that lockdown, and people forgot how to yep. relate to each other, and yep. people went nuts. Yeah, well, I, I mean, look, there are certain people who really like the isolation. <laughs> There are certain people who learn to like it in different ways. Then you can have yours. Just don't stop me. Correct. Well, I... Crazy. I, um... And what we did to kids. I mean, you you didn't have to worry because they were homeschooled to begin with, right? It's kind of interesting. I mean, they did did have classes and eventually, you know, there was this conversation of, you know, we had some teachers in our homeschool community who said, I will not teach with a mask over my face. Oh, so when you say homeschool, you're not doing it. Uh, Well, I'm the working parent. I'm divorced. Their dad does some of their classes, and then there are little homeschool centers where there's five, ten kids in a class. So now that they're older, Which is just kind of an alternative school. Yeah, well, except there's like five or ten kids in a class. Yeah, but I mean, (laughs) that's not exact. That's somewhere... Between homeschooling, which well, I think so of the, as just your home and mommy's the teacher. That's actually usually not what homeschooling is. Really? And, yeah. And like and when you think of sort of like the, the Christian model of homeschooling, when you think about, you know, there's a lot of Christian homeschoolers. There's kind of that that home, <laughs> home house, you know, kind of model. Um, but, you know, the things that happen when you... And when my kids were little, that was what their life was like. But also it was a lot of time at the park. It was a lot of time on field trips. Um, but, yeah, now that they're in junior high and high school, it's um, it's smaller groups. But, yeah, without a lot of the other things that schools well, have. Well, if you need me to drop by. No, I think we'll be good. Uncle, Uncle Bill, I can tell I think that. we'll be good. I can, oh, I'm sure these kids look <clears> up to me. So I'd be happy to look. I, can, <laughs> I, I know these the kids need a father figure. <laughs> Uh, and I would fit the bill perfectly. I didn't know that's yeah. where this conversation would go, but that's there you it. have it. That's the whole reason I'm having you here. <laughs> I want to be that's, kind of a godfather that to your kids. Does, nope, that sounds wrong. And I've got a whole new list of movies we're going to watch. <laughs> okay, Midnight Cowboy. Right. On. Now, what about that one? I haven't one? seen it yet. That was rated, you never saw Midnight Cowboy? No, no, I haven't seen it with them. It was rated X at the time. That's right. That would probably intrigue them, <clears throat> and although it's probably so tame. I'm they, trying to think. Like, I'm trying oh to remember now. I mean, what kids see on their phone, are you kidding? I mean, they were probably 10 when it's they It's Dustin s- Hoffman. Yeah. I mean, I just directed him in a movie that they did, did see. What? I wrote a movie, and I cast Dustin okay. Hoffman and Candace Bergen in it, Holy and I just shit. directed it. So that, they would love to see anything with Dustin Hoffman because they What's got to What's your movie about? My movie was called As They Made Us. It's available on Showtime and other places people get movies. It's out. I'm, it is out. Oh, I've I made, got to see this. Yeah, I, I wrote it. Uh, it was about a, a complicated family. Um, he and Candace play the, the parents, and Simon Helberg from Big Bang Theory um, and Diana Agron play the siblings. Oh. And um, I wrote a movie about 
um, what happens in a complicated family when uh, siblings have different reactions to how to deal with alcoholism and complexity. It's amazing. It's how... a heartbreaker. You know, grab a tissue. Okay. I like that. You know. It's amazing how good actors get, not that Dustin Nuffin wasn't good when he was young, mm -hmm. but when they're old. Oh, it's... Because I they mean, just he's get... He's a master, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know... I mean, uh, it was, I never thought that Dustin Hoffman would read my script and want to meet with me, but he did. And, um, how was he to work with? He, it was unbelievable. He would show up every morning to set, say hi to the crew, see what we were doing that day. And we were a small film. This was a right. small film. And, um, he, he wanted to know a lot about my family, you know, because while it wasn't right. autobiographical, it certainly was a lot about my experience and other people who grew up like I did. He wanted to know everything. He just wanted me to keep talking. And um, it was like a masterclass. Like it was a, it was a masterclass, right. not just in acting, but... Um, and did he take direction well? Oh, he really? wanted to be directed. And I, okay. and that was also, you know, a, a intimidating. This is my first time right. directing. No, that's what I'm saying. A, a guy like no, him. No, he his... wanted to talk about that's it. And great. it was really, I mean, you know, and he talked a little bit about, you know, what it's like to be his age and playing the, the older guy, the old man, I you know? What it's, I was just going to say, I, I hmm. guess it's tough to be that, you know, when, when you've been the leading man. Totally. And now you're, you know, now you're playing grandpa. I mean, look, him and Candace, they, they grew up together in real life, um, but seeing them together was really, I mean, it really, it felt like we were watching a master class. And they grew up together in real life? Yeah, their families were friends. Really? Yes. Because they certainly were stars around the same time. I mean, I'm yeah. thinking about 1970. This yeah. is right after uh, The Graduate. And yep. she was in Carnal Knowledge, directed mm -hmm. by Mike Nichols yep. and Art Garfunkel. Well, seeing the two of them together and getting to direct them, to, it was, and she, she, her performance is, it's very, uh, it's very, I mean, she's incredible. Right. Um, and it was a very difficult character that she played. Um, a lot of, I mean, look, these are, I wrote very complex characters and it's a lot of, um, sounds, it was heavy. It was really heavy. But anyway. It's like a Jewish yeah, so, long day's it, journey into night, <laughs> which I love, by the way. Long right. day's journey into night. Yeah. You ever seen that? Kind of a, I don't think I have. Try to sit your kids down in front of that one. <laughs> They'll kill you. It's like four hours, and it's very yeah, no. heavy. Oh, no. it's a very we'll do long do Seven day. Samurai if I'm going to have them sit down for a long period of time. Yeah. I mean, I was saying before about the dwindling little cadre of people who know things. Mm -hmm. The people who can sit through Long Day's Journey in tonight, <laughs> they, they, they've left me back <laughs> with the dummies on that one. I mean, like, and I think I saw it once. But right. the idea of, like, sitting through something for four hours, I mean, like I, a heavy, serious play well look I, i'm not that good i i made a small movie that i had to shave down to you know 90 minutes if that i think it clocked in at like 87 or something that's what a movie should be movies should so. be 90 minutes well you know you'll watch it and you'll tell me no i but i think all movies are too long these days oh okay you know what i mean sometimes you got a lot to say yeah but you know that's what an artist has to do you got have it. to have the guts to kill your children. I've killed many with this movie, so yes. Right. <laughs> but that's what I feel like filmmakers today. Oh, you mean you feel that there's a? It, it's too long. Got it. You mean it's it's it's, it's uh, gratuitous. It's just it's, you're not everything you thought of to put in this movie isn't <laughs> genius. It's does it's not merited to be too. James it. Bond movie was like two hours and forty minutes. It's James <laughs> Bond, okay? He he fucks three hot chicks. He saves the world. And there's a and, great song at the end. Yeah, this, yeah, exactly. There's six action sequences and there's a couple of quips. Thank you, Miss Hot Pussy. I saw yeah. all of those in the theater. Yeah, that was like my education as a kid. And and looking back, I'm like, my mom. Thought that was cool. All right. My dad took us to James Bond movies. It yeah. made me the woman I am today. I remember lobbying my mother to go see a Bond movie. I must have been about mm -hmm. 11 or 12. I don't know how I'd, she'd have to take me. I don't know. I don't think she would let me walk alone to the. Maybe they let us walk alone back then. It oh, was I was a, alone a lot. But like well, now. alone with other Now friends, you would be arrested. Like you would I liter was literally told, go out of the house, come back sure. for dinner. That was, I was exactly. raised like that. Exactly. Me I was too. raised like that. And I, I once crashed my bike. That was sad. Yeah. 
But otherwise, um, yeah, I grew up Melrose Fairfax. I grew up right here in L.A. Wow. Riding so my bike the a lot of hours of In the, the shadow of Cantor's? <laughs> yes. Did you a little eat, farther east. Did you eat at Cantor's a lot? We would go to Cantor's uh, usually Sunday morning. Really? For, for rolls. My dad would get the New York Times, right. and my father would sit with a container of cream cheese and a cup of coffee, and he would spoon the cream cheese into the coffee and, and so eat it. For those of us, for those <laughs> listening in uh, Nebraska, how would we describe Cantor's? We're talking about now. It, there is a Jewish district in LA, and that's, well, that, that's, the highest concentration, still... the highest concentration of Holocaust survivors in the world. You still that that was the epicenter. Is that right? Now Cantor's is not a kosher deli, but it is a beloved deli. Now a kosher deli would be just meat this, products. It's it's it, you it's just... an experience. <laughs> the the waitresses <laughs> do not like you, and they don't pretend to. I don't know what it is. I haven't been there in a while. I always loved it. You know, it's the, the it's bakery op- is open twenty four hours. It is open. There's You'd a kibitz in, room. I, I I would be there like back when I was like wearing that shirt yeah. at a club, and, and then I you know we'd go. Of course, the clubs closed. Yeah, you go or to the whatever, kibitz room, and That's you'd right. go. And it was one of the few places that was open. Yeah, I would and go there late. There'd be like, you know, weirdos and hookers and cops, <laughs> you know, plus. It was the, huge but, also. But it was also a huge restaurant. Something about it just, you screamed Judaism. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it was, uh, it was a deli. Right. I mean, it was a deli and it, it felt like a lot like. But the were not like young and cute. No, they were no. Like, they were. <laughs> they didn't want to be there. They were like, They didn't want to serve you at midnight. They were older and, and crabby. Yeah. And, no, and everything. It was. They would bring all the dishes at once, throw them on the table, and walk away. <laughs> see what would happen. Oh man! Look at us reminiscing about well, cancers. I I could still go to Canners. <laughs> yes, you could. I'm going to take your kid, so I'm going <laughs> to so this make is it my business. date night with Uncle Bill. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to make it my business that these kids know what's up in this world from a male point of view. So you're divorced, huh? Yeah, but they have a dad. <laughs> They do? They do. You still like him? Yeah, I actually do still like him. Oh, wow. I do. Then why didn't we you were, still marry him? We were, <laughs> we were friends for a year and a half. We were racquetball partners. We met in calculus class, and we dated for five years, and we were together for 10. And, wow. um, just you know, run. I think if you see my movie, you might think, I could see why her first marriage didn't work out. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, really. There comp- there's a lot of complexity. I'd say I did a lot of... Matur- I think we both did a lot of maturation post-divorce, and we we parent nicely together. We parent like but friends. But also, like, okay, you had five years, you said dating, ten uh-huh. years married. Right. I don't think that's... We didn't a- live together. Everybody's like, that was your problem. I don't you know. did or did? We did not live together before we got married. It we were together five been, years, though. It would have been shorter if you had lived together. Look at that. Because... The whole problem always with relationships, it's never, no, not never, but it's very often not the people. The people are fine. Right. And the relationship is fine, you can tell, because it worked at the beginning. I can't wait to hear what you're going to say. It just, it's just, no, humans are not meant, especially ah. in this era, yep. to just, you, you just burn it out. The you person to, that you pick at, I was 27 when I got married, and I'm I'm pretty sure that most people who got married, and my mom was 18 and they stayed married forever, but I don't know if they should have. But yeah, the person you pick at 27 or 20, I don't know if that's the person you want to be with at 40. I mean, it, I, you're, you're it's, right. It's, I don't think it's, I mean, it can be part that too, that people do grow and change. <laughs> are but people it, not allowed to grow and change? No, they are. But it's <laughs> Sometimes not. Sometimes they grow and it's, change it's, together. But that's not it either. You think just, just humans are not supposed to be monogamous like that? Like serial just, monogamy? You just. Or who knows? There was this, there's a book that came out about, I don't know, a year ago. And I read the, it was a little big thing for a minute. It was called, I think, the, On the Divine Tedium of Marriage. <laughs> I, feel, I think <laughs> it's called right. like Foreverland on the something huh. like that on the divine and the thesis was it I don't know about the thesis I read the excerpt I didn't read the book oh, but just the excerpt it's, we're but going wait on. it was like twenty pages okay of or maybe like maybe ten but it was like a very long screed just about how much she hated. <laughs> Her husband <laughs> and how he was gross <laughs> and phlegmy and made her wretch and he was a pussy and he was complaining and he was just this 
pompous, sexless piece of shit. And I kept thinking, where's the divine part? I get the uh. tedium part. <laughs> I, I'm hearing that loud and clear, paragraph right. after paragraph. Right. And then there's like one paragraph. And at moments like that, I remember what a handsome professor he is. It's like, okay, great. So like every six months, yeah. you get a, a flash of what used to be good. Look, and I, no, yeah. that's an extreme, maybe. For sure. But I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say this. I don't. Go ahead. And, and I don't know how many of my friends might listen to this. So if you're listening to this and you can assume I'm not talking about you, I don't, I don't <laughs> see a lot of relationships where I'm like, that's a healthy union. These right. are two people who respect it. This is a woman who respects him as a man. This is a man, oh, sorry, I have gay friends also, but you know what I'm saying. Right, There's not. Let's take away the gender right. or the sex or whatever you, right. whatever we're calling it. I, off, I do not often see couples where I think right. these people are, are mutually connected for a reason that seems significant and they right. show each other mutual respect. I don't see it a lot. I don't. Or affection, or like, you know, uh, I met, oh, I wouldn't say who, but a very famous person. <laughs> okay, yeah, don't a, a, say no. A while no. ago, and, uh, like last week. And, and I mean, he's uh, upper age bracket, and um, he and his wife, they have a real, she has a real girlfriend vibe about it. I said uh -huh. to my friend, I said, she's so cool. She has a girlfriend vibe, not a, not a, wife, uh, not uh -huh. a wife vibe. Huh. That's what you have to try to Interesting. keep. Interesting, yeah. And I have seen that. I no, have I seen get what people you mean. Have, yeah. I'm not that I'm saying that women are the only part of the problem, but <laughs> there's, a, there's a set of needs. And I think, look, as a person who gave birth to children, there's a lot of psychological, physiological, and emotional I mean, changes that occur that often make us have a different set of needs you, depending on the You know when you know it's day. over, I think. When is it over, Bill? No, it sounds like you really don't want it. No, I, no oh, I'm ready. Oh, oh no, th sorry. So, My kids often say, are you being sarcastic? <laughs> yeah, no, I, like, I really, I want to hear what you oh, can say. Like, when you're you're out, you're not, yep. I mean, we're not having sex. We're, we're just out. Having, you and I having, are not having, having, having no, sex. No, no, we're out. I'm saying you're this couple. Correct, is, they're is, out. They're out. They're, have, they're not having sex at this moment. They're, they're out. Yeah. Uh, they're, so, you know, you're at a dinner or you're having uh, uh, drinks with somebody. Yes. Uh, uh, but there is, even though it's not sexual in yeah. nature per se, there is physical communication yes. going on. Like, you don't have to be all over the person, sure. but you're kind of touching. Yeah, that's and, important. And you, yes, and you, you know, it's kind of like there's just some a little electricity that's still going yeah. on. Yep. And it's almost kind of sexy that you're in a place where you can't do it. Yes. Or, you know. Well, there's that. That's that teenage feeling. And you it's know, it's important. Then when you have like the two separate chairs to watch TV, yeah. like on All in the Family, yeah. And there's no, you know, what was yeah. e to this? big wish in life that Archie would just, just touch me. You don't have to even fuck me, Archie. Just, right. just, just show me some, you know, just, you know what I mean? And I think like what, now the thing, the, when that stops, the relationship doesn't end the next day. Sure. The problem is then you're into that period where it's, it's just going in the wrong direction in that way. And you, I, I, but you don't want it to end because you still love the person. Sure. And you have a lot of other things about it that are good. Well, and if you have but kids, when, it becomes very it's and complicated. And kids, of course. You know, but if that dies... You're, you're, you're right. It's and very... Well, and I think that's, you know, I, I do sometimes see that in, you know, in, in couples that I know who have stayed married. But I think that for those of us, you know, who do get divorced, you know... Um, there's a, a new opportunity to see what it's like to, to yes. find that and be able to maintain it. And how do you maintain it? Like, there's a, well, uh, there are ways. You know that, the you old know, joke, why are, joke, why are divorces so expensive? Why? They're worth it. <laughs> no, really. That's the, things run their course. Yeah. It, it, you ran its course. Right. It's no tragedy. It's, no. And then you're right. Who is we, it? We, uh, a Louis C.K., a person I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about. He has an amazing, you I know, with you I can, uh, but <laughs> who knows. But he has, a, when he announced that he was getting divorced in his special and everybody said, oh, he said, don't make that sound. Right. He said, this is a good thing. It is. Like By the when time, people get divorced, it's because a well, lot of bad things were right, happening. Exactly. By the time the divorce happened, right. 
it's 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 a, it's a bracha. Sometimes yeah, it's, it's a bracha. And you know, it's just very hard to fight burning it out and and just it's like something that and and it, it it tortures you because you look at that person and you go i should be all over you it's yeah. just we've just done it too many times in a row and you're there every day you know really well, and it's, so it's like something that's numb look that shouldn't we, be numb we are primates you know we're primates right. and and there's a there is a, there's a novelty component to relationships and look, will, i look at my parents and they basically they were practically siblings you know when you get married at 18 and 20 it's like they grew together. They happened to grow in a similar way. They happened to have all these strange quirks about them that, you know, kept them sustained. And they were crazy about each other. And when my father was, he was in a wheelchair at the end of his life. And my mother said, when, when he is wheeled into a room, my heart skips a beat. Wow. And like that's, and honestly, many times in my life, I was wow. like, are you sure you should still be married? You know, this was a complicated relationship. But she, that was, they They did, they had that spark. I mean, he was still writing her poems. Like that, I inherited his library when he died and like every fifth book, it's inscribed to her, you know? I and mean, like, that's, it's very the, sweet. The thing is in life, that does exist. Yeah. That's what keeps the other 99% of poor schmucks <laughs> miserably trying to attain that because yeah. every one out of a hundred Imagine people, being their child. And having to get divorced. I'm like, oh, man. And also, like, I come from a traditional family. Like, in, you know, Jews, we don't do that. Don't, yeah. It's like, so it was like, oh, they did that and I didn't. But you know what? It, there was some grieving involved for me. But I'm, I feel like I've come out on the other end of it. Someone once described marriage as a brother-sisterly relationship <laughs> with occasional bouts of incest. I've heard this before. <laughs> I've heard this before. so often true i mean and then <laughs> yeah. there's sex freaks like your parents who were just Stop. I love no i don't know i don't i don't you know. think about your parents? i don't we don't have to right now <laughs> why start now you know why start now well listen this was so much fun i'm so was really glad good. I, was, I got to know I'm you i'm very glad i, I hope it's not the last I time. I hope it's I'll, not the last time. I mean, time. of course I'll see the kids. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but I want to see you too. Yeah, and you know, we um I, I would I would I'm gonna oh. officially say I would I would love to have you come talk to us on our podcast if you'd ever be open to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I think you're fascinating. I think oh, you're thank you. I think you're brave in ways you shouldn't have to be. I don't oh. always agree with you. I don't always agree with yeah. the things you say, but I wanted to do this honestly so I could show my children oh. that um I I put my you know, I, I don't just talk the talk, I walk the walk. And I don't have to agree with you on everything well, to sit with you I, and talk with when you. When I do this with you next, yes, I want you to bring in the things you think I'm wrong about where you don't agree with me. Okay. But also bring in my children because I want them to meet you. Yeah, and they'll get a good lesson and disagreeing is okay. Thank you. And I'll see you soon. Awesome. Right. Are you getting up and leaving? Yeah. I just sit here. No. Oh, we both well, get up. Or, you know. Oh, okay.